Alright, so uh, this is episode 5 of Mondays with Mando, or Mornings with Mando, if you co-host the podcast and don't pay attention to the title of it. Um, Obviously, it's filled with spoilers, so if you haven't watched the fifth episode or the fifth chapter of uh, The Mandalorian, then you you don't really need to. You can just listen to this podcast. we have another podcast called The Illustrious Gentleman. It comes out every Wednesday, exactly where you can where you listen to this podcast at all your favorite podcatcher sites or at anchor.fm slash TIG show. And you can follow us on social media at TIG underscore show, and you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash TIG show. All right, Scott, you have the summary no, in front of I you? No, I don't. I'm pulling it up. Oh, look at that. Google tells me there's Baby Yoda merch now. Funko Pop Baby Yoda eight ninety nine at Target, y'all. Wow, just in time Get for it. Christmas. That's a uh, so lucky. All right, is there is there Cara Dune merch? That's all I care about. Is there a Cara Dune pillow, like body pillow? Body pillow. Yeah. The hashtag right, yeah. problem. Okay. All right. Chapter five. Uh, the gunslinger. Oh, that's what it was called. Yeah. I forgot what the title was. Yeah. Chapter five. Mm-hmm. Gunslinger. Uh, directed by Dave Filoni and written by Dave Filoni. <clears throat> the Mandalorian defeats a pursuing bounty hunter in a dogfight, but with the ship damaged, he lands at a nearby repair dock run by Pelimato and Moss Eisley on Tatooine in case you didn't know where Moss Eisley was he seeks work in a cantina to pay for the repairs meeting Toro Calican I'm like these names are just bumming me out an aspiring bounty hunter tracking elite mercenary slash assassin Fennec Shand just stop it as Calican needs to complete wait as Calican needs to complete this is stupid. I'm not reading that sentence. Uh, the Mandalorian agrees to help Calican, uh, and he can keep the money from... I fucked all this up. Okay, so this Toro and the Mandalorian go to find Shan, and they find Shan in the outer desert, but she destroys one of their speeder bikes during her capture. Needing transportation, the Mandalorian goes to get a do-back they passed, why Calican watches Shand. I hate that entire sentence. While alone, she tells him that the Mandalorian betrayed the guild and the bounty hunt and the bounty on him and the child is worth more than hers, offering to help Calican capture the Mandalorian if he sets her free. But he shoots her dead. Calican takes the remaining speeder bike to the repair dock, taking Motto and the child hostage. The Mandalorian arrives, uses a flash grenade to disorient Calican, which was set up previously, they didn't mention that here, and kills him. He takes Calican's money to pay Motto for the repairs, thanking her before leaving Tatooine. Out in the desert, a mysterious figure approaches Shan's body. That wasn't me. I didn't step all over this. 
this is a terrible, terrible, terrible write-up of the episode. Not only did they miss a bunch of shit, but it's just, it's poorly worded and just grammatically wrong everywhere. I'd expect more from Wikipedia. Okay, uh, one one thing I decided to do this week is when I get to my uh, my negative thoughts about the episode, I'm going to try to mention what I would have done in that situation oh. rather than just because we just did a whole pod we just did a whole podcast where we made fun of people complaining about things like we made fun of adults complaining about Star Wars things. So I decided I don't want to necessarily be that. I don't want to be as Too hypocritical. Late. As we normally are, so but we'll, we'll see, we'll see, because this episode was was uh, was a, was a tough one. That's for sure. I think that's one of the tags on the um, show, though, and on Tig. If you just type in "hypocrite" <laughs> in the search bar in iTunes, both of these pop up. Right. Okay. So, uh, all right. I'll start real quick on the good, and and this is. I'm glad we finally got. I'm glad we finally got to see a dogfight in space. We finally got to see a space fight. I, I didn't notice how much it was missing in a Star Wars program until it happened. Uh, so I was excited that there's action immediately and that it was like a dogfight in space. But uh, it only lasted a couple of minutes, which was a bummer. And then Mando's ship was knocked out of commission, and then he just like reset the fuse, and then it worked again. So. That's cool, I guess, to have a car that's that easy to fix. So I would, I would have liked that to play out a lot longer. You know, play that scene out a lot longer rather than it was just an excuse to get him to land on Tatooine. Yeah, which was. I like how all the planets are just so close to each other. So yeah, I just like the sure. I like the the dogfight in space. That's that's where we're at so far. What about you? Uh, good. Uh, again, broken record, production value, good-looking show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Looks good. Okay. Uh, I I enjoyed the scene, or the it wasn't even a scene. The visual of the stormtroopers' head on the pikes. Mm. I thought it was a. It's a great way to visually tell the story about how. A lot of the former empire feels about the 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 rule of the empire. I guess how the universe feels about the empire. I don't know what to call it anymore. Yeah, I suppose how the world feels about the um, empire. Yeah, I guess it, it's never a sense you got like from the movies. Outside of the rebellion, just saying that the empire is bad, you never really got like Joe Schmo's take on everything. Um, that would have been right. nice. I think we're just supposed to assume that people don't like to live under an authoritarian rule. So yeah, but I mean, like, why? What was so bad? Like, uh, were lines at the DMV longer? Did they make people eat, you know, breakfast for lunch? I don't get it. What what changed? I think in the first in the original movies, we're supposed to believe that like everything. It's a tough life and all that, but it doesn't seem much better now like in the new trilogy people are still scrambling for food and it's not like uh, the world's a much better place so yeah who i know maybe community kitchens are the way to go <laughs> all right cool um yeah yeah i don't know uh i'm done with i'm done with i'm done with my oh, goods uh amy sedaris shows up i always yeah. like seeing her yep 
She's always like the best part of whatever she's in. Strangers with candy. But uh, except for this, she, yeah, she's kind of wasted. It could have been anybody in that role. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? What did the summary say her name was again? Uh, uh, Peli Mato. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Remember? Okay. Yeah. She... Peli Mato. I love that character. I mean, she was fine, but I, I agree with you. Just kind of wasted, like. I mean, I guess she was supposed to be the comedic aspect to it, but it wasn't even no. that funny. Like, she wasn't given a no, lot to work with. No, if you're going to cast Amy Sedaris, you let her be fucking weird. Yeah, I got more, like, uncomfortable. Like, she's on the spectrum, but she's not really, like, weird. Like, she could have really played that up a little bit, and she didn't. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything, I though. Uh, she, the, she's boss of droids? Isn't that funny? That's the thing. That was her thing. Yeah. They needed mm-hmm. a woman to interact okay. with the child. No, I, yeah, yeah, I get it. See, it would have been right there. An interesting take on that would have been, what if there were only droids at that port and he had to leave Yoda, sorry, the child in the care of a droid and he had to leave the care of the Razor Crested droids, which they haven't explained why, but he doesn't like droids. Uh, but it would have been a more interesting, would have been a more interesting angle if uh, if a droid had to take care of mm. the yodling slash child or something like right. that, right? He didn't have, but they're not a problem teaming up with the droid in the first episode to get into the stronghold thing. Right, right. He's fine with using them when it suits his Pick needs. And choose your things, show. That's right. Okay. Anything else left on your good list? Uh, no. I'm sure it's loaded with thoughts. No. That's it. All right, so I'll jump in with my first kind of not-so-good or things that I wish were improved upon for my own personal viewing. I'm not here to speak for anyone Give else. Give it to me. Uh, more unnecessary one-liners. <laughs> more unnecessary one-liners. More unnecessary talking by the Mandalorian. <sighs> like, uh, he's flying his he's flying his little ship, and then the, the guy says something, and then he shoots him or something, and then he says, that's my line. That was cringeworthy. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the child? That's like... Uh, that's like if I was in a car seat and my da- when I was a kid and my dad's driving around and my dad's just like mouthing <laughs> off to people, like he's talking to me, but I don't, I can't grasp what he's saying because I'm a child. Oh, he's talking to us. Like who's he talking, he's talking to? To the audience. It was so out of character, and I, I actually think like, so I've had problems with all the episodes so far, but this is the first one I think not written by uh, Happy Hogan, and you can tell it's written by somebody else. Like, just the character yeah, yeah. himself is written differently. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, that just, I mean that line, and that line happened in, like, the second minute of the show, or third minute, and I was like, oh, shit, it's going to be one of those. So do all bounty hunters say I can bring you in hot or cold? <laughs> or was he mocking the Mandalorian? Because he always says that? Is that, like, the thing that he always says? He's known for saying this? I don't know. It's... It, again, the the word I use is lazy. Like someone just wrote a script, they wrote the first thing. Like they're not, like uh, we've talked about this on our other podcast about how you're like the first draft is never the the the, fi- the best version, and I feel like they're just turning in first drafts for dialogue passes, and then they're like, mm. sure, why not? Um, so yeah, it just that really set the table to where like. And I was really trying to like pound drinks during this one to think maybe it's a fun show if you got a little <laughs> buzz on. <clears throat> that that really sort of 
did not set the table for me for the next uh, 37 minutes or 28 minutes, however long this episode was. It didn't set the uh, table really well, in my opinion. I just think the way I would improve that scene is just don't say that line. That's easy enough in my book. Um, I agree. All right, what's up? What's next for you? Um, no Cara Dune. That's going to be a big problem for this show going forward. Right. You could just tack that on to your uh, production design's always good. No Cara Dune's always bad. Let's just there's there's a uh, way more than necessary fan service, and it's not done well. Uh, mm. There's no reason any of this had to take place on Tatooine. This story, the story is not reliant on it being Tatooine or it being Mos Eisley. Oh, isn't there? So maybe I missed something because it was it's, well subtle. This show isn't subtle, so maybe I just missed something. But there's a way to uh, to mix it up that maybe it is Tatooine. But why does it have to be Mos Eisley? Is that the only town on the entire planet that has a cantina? Like, couldn't he have landed somewhere else? Because when he says he's landing on Tatooine, all the fanboys are going like, yay, we know this. Yeah. And then it would have been cool to be something different. Well, I mean, Anakin um, was born in Mos Espa. Okay. So there's a second one. Okay. Yeah, maybe do that God then. Damn it. Um, I, I would have avoided all this altogether uh, if I was in charge of this episode. Um, but it's obvious they wanted... I feel like maybe this is they're building up to what the story is actually going to be. Like this should have been a three, maybe a three episode show. It feels like they're finally building to some sort of culmination of a storyline. So maybe this was where they wanted everyone to get their like cheers in, and you know the you know dudes on their couches like yay. Like maybe they wanted this episode to do that before they go into the. No, that's a fair criticism. This 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 series is meandering. There's no. There's no focus. Yeah. There's there's no ultimate goal of his. There there's no ultimate goal of uh, uh, an adversary or an antagonist. Um, there there's nothing. It, I guess you could say like all the other bounty hunters after him, but there's nothing hanging over the show. There's no looming sense of dread. It doesn't feel there. There's no anvil hanging over him that you fear might drop at any time right it's like it almost needs like a uh it almost needs a scene well i mean at this point if this is five years after return of the jedi at this point uh luke is probably collecting jedi right like yes he's so it would almost make sense it would almost make roaming the galaxy picking up children right in his in his his space van van. but it's like uh so it would it would almost make sense if, because apparently anyone can find anyone in this world, and if Luke is force sensitive and this yodling has the force, it would make sense for Luke to contact Mando and be like, "Meet me here," and then that would give the show, that would give Mando a purpose. Like I got to fight through all these levels to get this thing to safety, rather than like it's just going to live with me and we're just going to be on the run forever. Like this doesn't, none of this. Yeah. You're right. It's Mando has no goal. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, Gus Fring is going to show up at some point and you imagine he's going to be a problem, but it, it, it would be nice to have, 
I don't know. I mean, Werner Herzog and the doctor guy haven't even reappeared. You know, maybe... I, I, th- yeah, there's nothing. There's, there's, there's no sense of urgency. There's no ticking clock. There's there's nothing. This 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 series needs a bill. It needs it, either somebody pursuing him or he, him pursuing somebody in particular. But it, it's not. It's kind of just it's floating around. Yeah, and and the idea that this launched the net this network is that's that's actually what sticks out to me more than anything as this goes on through five chapters slash episodes that they that this is the show they're launching the network with um okay what's next what's next on your list uh this is this is also is just gonna be copy and paste it's a fucking tracking fobs just stop it stop it <laughs> i wrote it down but i didn't they don't say make it because i wanted to wait for you to say it sense no sense just stop if you if you want to indicate that somebody's a guild member you know just have them carry a fucking coin or they have a tattoo or something we we don't uh, they're, they're just so nonsensical if it you know what at this point since they've given us no indication that that these things are are are, are probable like or how they work, like how they function at all, it makes no sense. But if you give us a little something, so that maybe in the last episode somehow it pays off in some way. But uh, I, I have no confidence in that. There, it's just going to be, uh, it, it, it's it's a it's a cheap cheap shortcut for them to keep running into. Uh, other other bad guys who end up not being anything who end up being no trouble at all i mean you you got to do no legwork to be a bounty hunter in the guild apparently you just you just follow google maps to everywhere you got to go it's like there's no you just got to be stronger than the you got to be a better fighter than the person you're gonna get but you don't have to like know how right. to track anybody uh, now like, it, you just, if, okay it, right. if, if this kid had duped the mando into helping him and then ends up escaping with the child that that would have been a nice thing that i i would have been okay with that that would have oh and then you know the series continues past one episode maybe there's a two-parter well no they're not going to do that because these almost need to be able to be watched out of order because that's how kids watch tv shows so that 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 and then it gives the mandalorian some sort of agency because then he's got to pursue this guy it gives him something to do he can be an active protagonist he's so passive and reactionary in this show things just happen to him that's not really uh yeah that your action guy big action cool guy that's not the kind of character uh trait that you want is him just being so so passive and oh it's just so boring if we're gonna have a show where the mandalorian just talks pointlessly then maybe make if he's going to be talking because they want him to talk. Obviously, that's a thing they want to do. 
if you're gonna have him talking a lot, make it make it worthwhile. Make it be like him wondering out loud, what do I what am I doing? What do I gotta do? I gotta how am I gonna get out of you know, how am I what's my next move? Have those kind of conversations with yourself rather than just the one liners or the whatever. Um I I don't know along with all the other fan service in this, I noticed uh that everything about Taro Taro, that's his name, right? Taro, 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 Taro. I noticed that. I noticed that Toro had not only obvious similarities to Han Solo. Uh, I mean, I think that's the same blaster that Han has. I think could be wrong. I'm not that big of a Star Wars geek, but I actually noticed Toro's silhouette looks like Han Solo. They have like almost the same mm-hmm. pants, almost the same boots. His jacket kind of sticks out like the vest, and then you have the blaster on the hip. Very similar kind of vibe. Uh, he, he, I was going to say they probably put him in the same booth. Yeah. He's, he's, yes, I think he was even sitting kind of the same way that we first met Han. It just seems they just took fan service, and they like it's like they took a shovel, and they wrote fan service <laughs> on it, and they're just beating you over the fucking head with it. Like it's... I mean, it's 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 not even trying to not be as blatant as it is. There's no stealth to it. There's no guile. There's no subtlety. It is just a hammer, and we're the nail. It's ridiculous. I mean, I have like a whole. I don't know. What what do you think about the Toro and the similarities? And um, the, did it bother you, or did you smile? Uh, you know, I honestly, I didn't even think about it i noticed his blaster but i mean it wasn't exact and really how many different blaster designs can you come up with so i i didn't care i i didn't care for him as a character it was nice that he was a little duplicitous in the end and sort of uh well he ended up just being a fucking idiot but it would have been nice if he was feigning his idiocy and he was actually pulling a fast one. But eh, yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know who. So who's the Mandalorian then? Is he is he super fucking soft guy now because he's taking care of this kid? Oh, he's gonna take pity on this guy to get him into the guild. Well, I, he's doing it for the yeah. money. But shouldn't it be like fuck the guild? I'm not. I don't want any part of this anymore. It's like it's like there's like well, there's only one way Mandalorian can make money, right? Like it has to involve the guild. It could have been any other way for him to make money. It could have been a hit. It could have been he could have worked for the Huts. If you're gonna mention the Huts and you're gonna have it on Tatooine, why doesn't he take a job sure. for the Huts? You know, and why does it have to involve this guild? It, it ugh, just whatever. And then why 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 does why does one of them have to go and get the dewback and bring it back? If one of them's walking to get the dewback just to ride it back, why don't all of them just walk to the dewback? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then keep going. So, uh, transportation mode. They actually had an excuse in this episode because his ship was uh, in disrepair, so they had right. to ride something else. So, good job, show. Okay. So my next note is just kind of what I would have done. I would have had the, the the scene in space be the majority of the episode, not the not the fighting, but you know, like the ship gets dis disabled. He doesn't have a magic fix it reset button on the sh- on his ship. 
So I'd like to see like him floating in space, dead in space, knowing that he's people are after him when they obviously can find him because he's probably got a fob on him, right? So anyone can find him. So he's starting to like, oh, I got to do something. I got to do something. So maybe he sees on his little radar that that this Finnick lady is nearby. That's the girl, right? Finnick is the the woman. So maybe he sees that she maybe she sees that he's nearby and and they have a history. So maybe he reaches out to her and then she offers to come help him for what some reason or, or another. And then, you know, once she's there, she double crosses him and tries to take the child, you know, and then you have a then you have like a stand. And then maybe maybe the Han Solo ripoff Toro also comes up because he's got a fob on one or both of them. So then you could have like a Mexican standoff, the three of them on like a floating adrift spaceship fighting over the child. and the, Or they could have landed on a moon or something. Again, there's no reason the story had to take place where it took place. I don't, unless I missed something. And maybe it's whoever, maybe it's whoever's boot went to pick up or went to, stepped in front of Fennec's face at the end. I, I assume that was Apollo Creed, but it could have been somebody else from the planet that I just didn't pick up on. Yeah. But yeah, that's they didn't even try to make it interesting. They just tried to make it easy to to digest. Yeah. Okay, so if we're going to make changes to make things better, <clears throat> I don't you can't without going back <laughs> to the beginning, you know. Um I think the show suffers a lot from being so loyal to its single point of view uh, the Mandalorian is in every scene we we don't have a scene without him every uh, every interaction every experience is through him um, and if you're gonna be building tension and you're gonna you know you're gonna introduce the bomb under the table during the dinner scene, uh, you need, we need to know what uh, Werner is up to. We need to know what Grief Karga is doing. We need to know um, that there's a, there's a, the guild now is working against him. There's now a bounty on the Mandalorian. We need to know, um, what, what uh, Gus is up to we, we 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 need to get outside of just because it's called the mandalorian that he's the only one we get to see all the time it's it i it it's really shooting itself in the foot it it needs to it needs to broaden its scope it needs to it needs to let things breathe a little bit and we need to know what is going on outside of him? Because, like, one of the things, you know, that Tarantino does is he gives the audience information that the characters don't have. So now you've got this thing. You know, you know that, you know, there's a, the bad guy is just around the corner, you know, but the hero doesn't know, and they're they're just walking. Right. But you know, and it builds that sense of dread and anxiety, and that's this show is seriously lacking any of that. This is just cool moment show. That's all this is. Yeah. Yeah. The story can't right. When, when all he's doing is meandering through the galaxy with the child, 
you do need that. You do need to know like other other things are happening and other things are in the works. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it's just I it Yeah, that um yeah. the 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 bomb thing. Isn't that a that's a Hitchcock quote, right? Isn't it something like you there it's a scene with two people sitting eating at a table and it's boring. But then you tell the audience, "Oh, there's a bomb under the table. It's going to go off in 5 minutes." Oh, then it's interesting. Right. Right. And there's no bomb in this show. It's all just people walking and talking. Yeah, like why not just when they first introduce uh, the child, why not just have a scene or two where they say like, "Oh, this he needs to be, he needs to be somewhere. He's dying or he's sick or he needs to be somewhere, so that we got to get him somewhere." Yeah, there, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. If we knew that other people were working against him and we knew what their plans were and we could watch him walking into those traps unknowingly, then right. it, yeah, yeah it, it would just be... Uh, it, it would add a whole new dimension that this show is just desperately lacking. This episode would have worked a lot better, in my opinion, if... We find out, like, let's say at the end, Finnick doesn't get shot, or maybe she gets shot, but it doesn't matter because she's alive again. If at the end she she gets on the Razor Crest with Mando and the child and takes off, and then we find out later that he was attacked outside of Tatooine to ensure that he landed on Tatooine, to ensure that this kid took him to Finnick, to ensure that Finnick got on the ship because Finnick has a mission right. that involved being on the ship with Mando. But Mando thinks it's his idea, but really it was all calculated. Give us something. Okay, so who, who, uh, who? What am I missing? Why, who do you, who do you think whose boot that was? Why did it have to be Tatooine? Why does it have to be on Tatooine? Because the Sarlacc pit is on Tatooine. Oh, you think that's uh, Boba? I think it's. I think the idea is dumb enough that this show would do it. I, I missed it, and I only watched it. This is how you know I'm I I'm kind of I'm waiting for this show to be over. Is I only watched this episode once. The other ones I'll watch twice, just to whatever. So wasn't there like a spur on the boot though? I thought I heard like a spur when the boot stepped down. I but maybe I did. Went down a YouTube rabbit hole the other day. Good. I can always count on you for that. Some dickhead noticed. That the music that plays on Fett's first appearance on Cloud City plays during that scene. Okay. Well, then fine. Maybe maybe the final battle is going to be a the final battle is going to be a Boba Fett who's slightly older against a Mandal against Mando. No, it's going to be the Mandalorian versus Boba Fett, like five hundred Boba Fetts. Because the doctor guy has cloned him. Maybe. All with jetpacks. 500 Boba Fetts with jetpacks shooting, shooting laser guns. Maybe this is the reason. Okay, see, this would make sense, what I'm about to say. That's about doesn't mean it's going to happen. But So maybe Boba Fett doesn't know anything about this. Anything about the overall story. He just sees this wounded lady, you know. And he's lonely. So, anyways, maybe he 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 uh, nurses her to health, and then she tells him that she was attacked by a Mandalorian, and he's like, "What?" And then she's like, "I kept shooting him, and he had this metal armor on, and my bullets couldn't do anything." 
So now Boba Fett's like, I'm gonna go get me some Beskar armor. Mm. So maybe he has all his. Maybe he doesn't know anything yet, and then he gets told by yeah. Finnick. Well, and then him and Finnick go after. Well, she has um, Mando. She has a history with the Huts, and we know that Fett was employed by the Huts at some point. So they probably walked in the same circles. He knows who it is. All right. I don't know if that makes me more excited, or I don't know if that does anything for me going into the last three episodes. I hope we see the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Uh, also, I, one last note. I, I again, I there's I I just would like some better choices made. Uh, it's called the Gunslinger, and I think he fires his pistol like once or twice. Well, like there was real no gunfight. There was no gunslinging. At some point, he said, "She's no good to us, dead." Right? Didn't he say that? And it was totally nonsensical. Uh, like it was know. totally Did out he? of context. Yeah, there there wasn't any threat to whoever he was talking about. It was like. Oh, oh, it's like you put cuffs on her or something. She's no good to us dead. What? It's like, get me a coffee. She's no good to us dead. Why do you just say that? It's like he has space Tourette's. Uh, yeah. Uh, my final thought is under my uh, expectations or what's next or what I hope for. I've, I've, I'm at this point where I have no expectations for this show. It is so far off of what I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. And not in a good way. That I just let's just ride it out. We got three more episodes. I I would like a f- big final battle scene and some sort of conclusion. I don't know if I'm going to get that, yeah. but that's fine. It's so interesting to me that this you know, show isn't good, and it's my fault. Doesn't fill me with hope for other Disney Plus series moving forward. I, the Marvel shows still have Kevin Feige, and. You know, yeah, Feige. Feige. Yeah, he's a uh, Feige. You know, uh, Feige. yeah, just put his face on a fucking quarter yeah. now, because in Feige I trust. Yeah, yeah, it. Not that God's face is on the quarter. I get that doesn't make sense. Right. If the if the Russo brothers are involved and Feige's involved, then I'm in. Okay. The thing is that the interesting thing is, and we're uh, we're running long. It's whatever. The interesting thing is. This this guy Dave Filoni, Star Wars people love Dave Filoni because he made like Rebels and something else. They love this guy's Star Wars work. He's like revered among modern Star Wars fans. And this is my first real. Uh, yeah, I I have no experience with that stuff. He looks like the poor man's Robert Rodriguez. And it's so I mean basically he made a a filler episode that uh, I guess has. 10 seconds of five seconds of story to it, to the overall story. Like if the whole point was to just get Boba Fett to show up, there had to have been an easier way. uh, That was the first scene maybe in the entire series so far that the Mandalorian was not in. I just realized that interesting. Well, no, there there was this, there was a scene between Amy Sedaris and the baby that he wasn't in. This oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe this is the first episode that's done that. I could be wrong on that too. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Don't fucking tweet me, dorks. Uh, yeah. So okay, M- moving forward on a positive note. I hope that this sets up like a three part, fi- uh, a real beginning, middle, and end to a the finale. They have three episodes left. Let's treat it like a three story act. Let's. Yeah. Something. Yeah, just, 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 let's get on. Let's get on with it. 
Let's do it. I want it. a challenge. I want I want <laughs> to feel like yeah. he's in danger. You know? Uh, well, even though he's besides by a rhinoceros invincible because of the fucking armor or Jawas. Yeah, you failed there too, show. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, way to suck all the tension out of everything. Just give him diamond armor. Okay. Cool. Uh any final thoughts on this? I can't wait for episode 6. Oh, a sarcasm detector. That's a real useful invention. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's hope this is a preamble. <sighs> if that's the right word to use, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm bummed no, out. We're I'm bummed out. We're uh, but that's fine. We're starting our limp towards the finale. Like maybe we should do a uh, a tenth episode where, or sorry, a ninth episode. Where we have someone on who loved it, and then just have them try to oh, convince us that we're wrong. That's a good idea. We we could pick anybody, just anybody, because apparently everybody loves this goddamn show. <laughs> the only way I can assume grown adults my age love this show is if they just love Star Wars so much. And everything about Star Wars so much that they can't bring themselves to be critical about it. And I don't know if there's anything... That I love so much that I couldn't be critical about. I mean, I'll even diss on Harry Potter the parts that I that, and that's probably the biggest fandom thing I have is my love, my love for the the Potter, and I can pick that apart if I if I was really wanted to. So it's just like, man, people love Mandalorians and they love Star <laughs> Wars because and they love babies. Oh my god! Because that's the I, that's all I get out of this. So please, Cara Dune can't come back soon enough. We can have my twelve year old on. I can make him cry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, but that's probably a thing. Like, he's probably just like, "That's cool." Yeah, like they're on speeder bikes. That's cool. He was talking to the episode. Oh, I know those. I know those. This past episode, he was like yelling at Mando not to do that. Oh, yeah. really? Like, don't. That's the wrong thing to do, Mando. Right. Right. Okay, that's cute. That's adorable. The world hasn't shattered him yet. He's not broken yet. <laughs> I still got six years left.